from the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sonic Light Podcast, episode 94, the quarantine edition. Um, I'm sitting here in my, uh, in my bar at my house, and uh, with us on Zoom are our usual cast of characters. Uh, say hi, Jack. Ta-da! From the, where I guess he's not in Mountville anymore, Mount Joy, uh, Larry Maris. Yeah, I'm here. Hello, everybody. Um, Tim, you're in Mechanicsburg, or where the hell are you, Tim? I'm in Edders, Pennsylvania, overlooking uh, Three Mile Island. Sounds nice and safe. And uh, Josh, in the uh, beautiful Columbia, Pennsylvania. Hello, hello. All righty. So uh, this episode is brought to you through the support of our Patreons. For as little as $1 per month, you can keep the Sonic Light podcast on the air. $1. One. Just $1. You can visit Masonic. Now, what are you going to visit? Patreon.com slash Masonic Light Podcast to sign up. Uh, we got a few more people uh, sign up this week. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, for future quarantines, it would mean we'd have better remote audio. So, <laughs> so on tonight's episode, we are going to talk about uh, all of our Masonic withdrawal symptoms and check in on a few brothers. Uh, we're also going to hear from uh, Dutchy Doug. I think Michelle Snyder, Jim Stevens, Walter Cronkite, Larry Maris, and whoever else we can find. So we normally we go around, talk about what we're doing Masonically, but we haven't been doing anything. But we'll go back around anyway. Larry, have you and your wife killed each other yet? No, actually, we're doing pretty good. No, surprisingly. And you're doing okay with that? Yeah, yeah, she just brought my cough drops in. She's taking care of me. And how's Jack doing? Jack is much better right now. No, so we're uh, we're getting stuff done around the house. The yard is uh, is so green it hurts your eyes, which is lovely. Um, just you know, hanging out. Alrighty, and Tim. Well, uh, you know, it's uh, it's said that uh, what is it? Uh, a crisis creates ingenuity, or. Uh, Something along those lines. I think it's necessity is a mother is what There I mean. you go. Necessity is a mother of invention. Um, basically, uh, we've created an opportunity for brethren to uh, get together uh, nightly. You want me to talk about that now or you want me to talk about it later? We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that in a little bit. Okay. But, uh, but otherwise, I've just been sitting at home and going to the grocery store about once a week. And perfect. And Josh, what's happening there in the uh, River City of Columbia? Uh, not too much. Um, I've just been hanging out in my house for the last week and a half, and uh, uh, that's pretty much it. But it seems like everybody's jumping on the, the Zoom train masonically because I've had two different 
meetings this or yeah this past week so far uh, on Zoom with a bunch of different people. So it's cool we can still all talk. Yeah, it's possible that the guys from Zoom and the people from Big Toilet Paper, the ones that orchestrated this whole quarantine. But actually, I, I heard an article, Pete, that the guys from Apple were killing themselves because they hadn't figured out how to monetize FaceTime. Oh, because they don't have enough money. True story. Alrighty. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hear from uh, what we're all up to and uh, what our problems are and uh, what some of our fans have been calling in to tell us about. Why choose George J. Grove and Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. Uh, welcome back. Um, we were supposed to have a show last week, and we invited our wives and girlfriends uh, and other ladies in to, uh, to come and sit in the show, and we were going to do kind of like as an April Fool's thing. We were going to open the show, and they were going to open the show, actually, and kind of throw, we thought it would be kind of neat to throw everybody off a little bit, but we also thought it would make a good show because we had plans on discussing what the wives go through uh, through Masonically with all of us. And uh, we, we had, of course, we had to postpone that. We will do that in a later day. Uh, and we're looking forward to having them. And surprisingly, all of them uh, wanted to do it, and they were looking forward to it. So unfortunately, we had to give up. Well, not all of them. Uh, Josh's wife flat out refused. Well, yeah, Josh's wife. Yes, exactly. I understand that. We'll, we'll, we'll work on her. Maybe she'll change. She doesn't really have to say anything. She can run the audio. There you go. Uh, so um, how about this? Um, we'll go back to Tim. Tim, uh, tell us about your nightly toast you guys have been doing. So... Uh... I saw a post that uh, got put on one of the Facebook groups from the United Grand Lodge of England about a nightly toast to uh, missing uh, friends that they were doing uh, as a result of the coronavirus and uh, the um, ending of all Masonic activity there. And so I tossed it around, uh, spoke to my worshipful master, Kenneth Robinson, and uh, said, what do you think about us doing something like that? So. Uh, this past week, we have started at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Every night, uh, you can join on Zoom, and I'll give this number a couple of times so that um, 
you'll have this. Uh, but if you'll go to zoom.com and it, when it asks for a meeting number, um, you can join 590-952-183. That's 590-952-183. And uh, we've done that for a couple of nights now. Uh, we've had brethren from, I think, four different states so far, uh, certainly all over the central Pennsylvania area. A lot of guys from my lodge, but uh, it's, it's broadening, and we've cross-posted it on a number of uh, other platforms. So uh, if you're out there and want to join us at 9 p.m. until we return to labor here, uh, we'll be getting together each night just to have a brief toast and great time for folks to come together and uh, kind of check in with each other. And uh, we've had a really good time doing it. What's nice is um, it seems like after like the first 20 conference calls, people are finally figuring out how to do teleconferencing. Well, that's the uh, beauty of it is uh, the first night, you know, we had to work through a couple of uh, tech details, but uh, guys are kind of figuring out how to get logged on and how to mute themselves and unmute themselves and so on. You guys are killing Walter Cronkite's news article, by the way. <laughs> well, we'll hear more from Walter later. So um, what, there's something we're working on for you guys, uh, for the audience. Um, I was in discussion with uh, Seth Anthony, who is a uh, notorious uh, fraternalist, and we are discussing putting on a Masonic Light podcast degree for all of you quarantine brothers. Um, we're in the works right now, negotiating with a, uh, with a charity and a jewel maker. You know, the idea is that you pay a fee, you would get a jewel, any money above and beyond the cost of the jewel would go to the Masonic charity we're looking to, uh, we're, we're talking to. Um, we would give the code out to uh, only the people that paid, and then you would get the degree, and you can, will come watch us virtually, and we're still kind of casting it, writing it, um, and things like that. Officially, everybody likes the idea and gave us unofficial yeses, but they're kind of working on, the, they're waiting until they see the final results before they commit to it. But here you go. It'll be the digital order of Knight's Quarantine. And uh, any Mason that is currently on lockdown uh, will be able to join this, and you'll get a, a nice special pin to commemorate the idea. So I think that'll be kind of fun. Jack, you said you had some ideas that already you think? Yeah, having to do with uh, sending some squire out on a mission to uh, – defeat the pestilence that's darkening the craft across the land. Very cool. Um, so why don't we take a quick break? We're going to come back. We're going to hear from uh, some of our, our guests. We have, uh, speaking of Seth Anthony, Seth is back. So you'll hear Seth and then we'll come back. At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster, all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions, just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market, and a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse. Or 
Valley Forge in Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life, one that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com, or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. Welcome back to a long-delayed and quarantine-induced segment of Corpora Obscurum. I'm Seth Anthony, your guide to obscure fraternal organizations. Today, we're going to discuss the Royal Black Institution, sometimes referred to as the Royal Black Preceptory. The Royal Black Institution is said to have been formed in Ireland in 1797, though this date is disputed by historians. It is often thought of being one of the senior loyal orders related to the Orange Order and the Royal Arch Purple. What are those? Well, that's a conversation for another day. Membership is open to any man who is a member of a lodge of the Orange Order, and he must remain a member of that organization to retain his membership in the Royal Black. So what does the Royal Black do? Well, according to their website, the Royal Black Institution exists to give its members the opportunity to study Holy Scripture in order to understand the Christian faith and demonstrate its relevance for today's society, increase knowledge of the Reformed faith in order to extend its influence and development throughout the world, engage in Christian and charitable outreach in order to demonstrate their personal faith in Jesus Christ, their commitment to regular Christian worship and all aspects of charitable living, Continue and further develop social and responsible citizenship in order to maintain and enhance greater and higher standards of justice, truth, honesty, and integrity in both private and public life. <laughs> oh, wait. I forgot to mention that the Royal Black is a strongly Protestant order, and even that might be an understatement. Of course, being in Ireland, this has led them to have some, shall we say, uh, run-ins with other organizations and causes. While they are less overtly political than the Orange Order, the Black has been forced to issue public apologies for their behavior as recent as 2012. What does this all have to do with Freemasonry? Well, surprisingly a lot. Just listen to a list of the degrees the Royal Black confers. The first degree is the Royal Black degree, followed by the Royal Scarlet degree, the Royal Mark degree, apron and Royal Blue degree, Royal White degree, Royal Green degree, Gold Degree, Star and Garter Degree, Crimson Arrow Degree, Link and Chain Degree, and finally, the Red Cross Degree. Those all certainly sound pretty Masonic, right? Well, you're not wrong. Many of the rituals and ceremonies of the Royal Black are borrowed directly from Freemasonry and its appendant bodies. Some authors have described the Royal Black Degrees as being an outline of Masonic degrees, but missing a lot of the explanations and symbolism. The commonalities don't just end there either. The regalia of the royal black includes a collar and apron, often bearing a square and compass, as well as the logo of the order, a red cross inside a crown, just like that of the Masonic Knights Templar. In fact, it's not uncommon for royal black jewels and regalia to be confused with that of the Masonic Knights Templar. As noted earlier, the royal black does still exist today, mostly in Canada and the British Isles. It never formally came to America 
as the royal black preceptory or institution, but under the name of the ancient and illustrious Order of Knights of Malta, which was descended from the Canadian black movement and confers many similar degrees. Thanks for joining me for this long overdue episode of Corpora Obscurum. Now, it might be time to found the ancient order of Knights Quarantine. Hmm, that's got a pretty nice ring to it. Hmm. And there we go, nice little teaser. Uh, so that's a, so I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, be part of this degree, and hopefully we're going to be getting some heavy hitters in, um, in Freemasonry to act in some of the parts. I can't... Uh, can't say their names, but uh, a former guest who's one of the big shots in all of Freemasonry may be acting in one of our degrees. So, so uh, Jack. Yeah. I'm tired of talking. Can you uh, drive this bus for a little bit? <laughs> so uh, we, we talked a little bit about what we wanted to or intended to do, and that was uh, involve some of our wives in an episode and we're still going to do that. I think it was, I think it was a, a good idea. I know a couple of these women and um, at least two of them are completely insane. So they should have fun. But um, I don't know. Gosh, Pete, thanks for leaving me hanging here. Um, you could just set me on fire now and, and I'll try to wing it from there. But um, well, how, how, how about um, you guys, any of the guys here on the show, um, how have your attempts been at reaching out and, and to some of these brothers that we haven't heard from? Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are, if they don't go out to their weekly breakfast or something, you know, nobody knows they're alive. So are we doing anything to reach out to some of these brothers who maybe aren't on the internet? I'll speak for um, Eureka West Shore Lodge. We have, uh, the Worshipful Master has started to put out just a weekly uh, mail via MailChimp, basically just to check in and remind folks that, uh, number one, that our meetings are all canceled and the building is shut down and all that good stuff, but also encouraging folks to reach out to uh, brethren that normally they would see uh, to do just what you described, Pete, to make sure folks are okay, to let them know that uh, we also recognize that um, Folks may be experiencing financial difficulties during this time as well with uh, either job loss or uh, loss of hours. Uh, and to remind them that we have an almoners fund and a lodge almoner uh, that was set up specifically for this type of situation where that a brother might uh, uh, find himself in a situation where he has uh, you know, temporary financial uh, problems or uh, whatever. Uh, we've also reached out to our widows. Uh, as I mentioned on a previous episode, when I was talking about secretarial duties, our contact information on our widows is not good. Um, so uh, we have been reaching out to those that we do have good contact information on. Uh, but uh, I think it's important that we all, as you've described, Pete, uh, really look out for our brethren out there, many of whom are, are, are older and, uh, we only see them at various social events or when we come together for lodge, uh, and otherwise uh, we don't know any that we don't keep up with them. So this is an opportunity, really, for the brotherhood to shine. It's important to remember those most of those guys that you're talking about are not on the internet and they're not getting emails. Uh, so one of the things that was suggested at our lodge, and we're we're formulating a plan to address it, 
because I think this is going to last a lot longer than I think we think it will. But um, to divide up the list of membership um, in, in lots of 10 and send 10 names to uh, 50 guys and say, just call these people. Because if you don't reach out and actually touch them, like the phone company had used to say, uh, a lot of them aren't going to get touched. Call them all aren't going to do it. Nobody listens to those. Um, emails, you have to have email in order to get an email. So I think, I think really reaching out and touching somebody on the phone is going to become very important too. That's a great idea, Jack. And um, I have a uh, call coming in. Hello, brothers of Masonic Light Podcast. This is Paul Byram from Dalton, Georgia. Dalton Lodge number 105. We're sheltering place in place here in Georgia and uh, under orders by the Grand Master to not have any Masonic conduct, face-to-face uh, -face meetings until April the 30th. Boy, I sure do miss Lodge. Well, be listening to your podcast and uh, looking forward to fellowship um, uh, that's emanating from you, your show. Uh, thanks a lot for what you do and uh, uh, stay safe, brothers. So hopefully you guys all heard that. That was my attempt at being like the witty producer. Okay. So pop quiz other than Tim, because I think Tim's going to know this one. Because Tim never gets to answer any quiz questions anymore. Dalton, Georgia is known as the nation's what? Yeah, I knew you'd know. Anybody? Anybody? That was the Bueller? guy from Roadhouse. The guy Dalton, from Georgia. Dalton, Georgia is the carpet capital of the United States of America. More carpets by square foot is made in Dalton, Georgia than anywhere else in the United States. So we are proud to have American-made carpets coming out of Dalton, Georgia. Thank you, Brother Paul, for uh, being in the carpet world. And Pete, if uh, someone wants to call the show, how can they do that? Honestly, the best way would be to uh, just pull out your mobile phone, your voice recorder, and record yourself. And then email that into MasonicLightPodcast at gmail.com. We do have a phone number, but the, the sound quality is nowhere near as good as uh, if you just record it into your voice recorder or email it to us. So, masonicallypodcast at gmail.com. Hey, you might sound like Pastmaster Moyer otherwise. Hold on, we got another call. We, this, is, this is coming from uh, the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Hold on. Hey, everybody, this is Dutchy Doug calling in. Larry Maris just told me, you need to put something together for this show tonight that we're coupling together. I don't even know what the word coupling means. That guy, that Larry, he says stuff in half the time. I don't know what the heck he's understanding. Now, the other guys, I can understand just fine. I don't know why it's whenever Larry says something. I have to scratch my head a little bit. Maybe you do, too. I don't know. Maybe just he don't. Maybe not all the shingles are on the roof there with that guy. I don't know. Anyway, I hope all my brethren are hunkered down and safe and healthy. Us Pennsylvania Dutch boys out here on the base of the Blue Mountains, we're good to go. We got everything we need. The cold cellars full of sauerkraut and potatoes and onions. We're good for a while, food wise. And as far as toilet paper, I know everybody and their brothers running out to get toilet paper right now, but you can't find it. Well. We knew what to do. We've been. I have 45 bushels of 
shelled corn cobs and those work just great you wipe one side you turn it about 25 degrees 45 degrees or so give or take and then you keep wiping and then you just chuck it down the odd house hole that's it works great i'm telling you you should all do that you guys are all i'm not once again we got just all beat in any event hey the governor says stay home, so God for dumb, stay home now. Let's stop this so we can all get back together and having Masonic meetings. I don't know what to do with myself anymore. I'm sitting here doing ritual and my wife just looks at me like a, like she doesn't know what the heck's going on because she don't, you know, that's just the way that it is. But anyway, I hope all my brethren out there are doing well. Stay safe, take care of yourselves. This is Dutchy Doug saying exactly what I normally say. I don't remember what I normally say. Work hard, stay plumb, and not in the lights when you leave the room. There's our wonderful Dutchy Doug. I love it when Dutchy Doug calls in. God bless Doug. Oh, I think I'll, I'll need a translator on this one. Here's uh, Brother Frank calling in from uh, Long Island. Oh, geez, forget about it. Good afternoon, brothers. My name is Frank Sporza. I'm the current Worshipful Master of South Shore Long Beach Lodge, number 1,126 in the Nassau District in the Grand Lodge of the State of New York. Dealing with this quarantine, I've been, uh, I'm actually an essential employee. I work for Frito-Lay, deliver and sell potato chips. And um, dealing with the quarantine is kind of like, it's fun. You know, I get to get to drive around and put my life in danger every day in the supermarkets with these crazy people. And uh, besides that, just living the life. Thank you, guys. I'm a big fan. I love the show. Keep doing what you're doing every day and stay safe out there. So, mode it be. All righty. Thank you, Brother Frank. So, that must suck having to go into grocery stores, guys. Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> there are some crazy people out there. I have discovered very quickly that uh, go on a day other than a Friday. I uh, I had to go pick up some prescriptions the other day, and you know I'm, I'm people are creeping in on my six feet, and I'm like uh, I don't want to say something, but it made me really think about like I have friends that are germaphobes and have been germaphobes for years. They must have been like a living hell for them to interact with the public for years. I'm just kind of getting a taste of that now. I, I had to go to CVS today, and I'm driving home, and I'm thinking about Niles on Frasier. Just wiping off the seats when he sat down. It's cracking me up. Yeah, I, I, that's a, a great point, uh, Pete. Uh, at the store the other day, I was trying to keep my distance. I was following this older gentleman, older than I'm, I'm an older gentleman, I guess, uh, someone much older than I was, and, and trying to give him six feet. But the guy behind me kept coming up right next to me, and I'm like, Feel free to go ahead. Um, he was obviously in a much bigger hurry than I was. But, uh, yeah, you're right. The germaphobes out there are kind of uh, giving us all a taste of our own medicine, if you will, on this. Um, we also have another call from a listener coming in. Let me see if we can find it here. It's another Doug, but it's a local Doug. Here he is. Hello, this is Doug Jakewith from Lodge Number 43, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Quarantine? What quarantine? I'm a police officer. I'm giving hand sanitizer and a couple masks and sent out on the road. Thank you. Have a good day. So how about that, guys? We've got uh, somebody really has to interact with the public. Yeah, we, we really have our first responders and anybody that works with in the medical profession, 
people that have to go to work, like the grocery store folks, um, are really kind of living on the edge, if you will. I don't know if uh, anybody had the opportunity this morning to see uh, the front page of the Lancaster newspaper. They but still have a paper. They still have uh, yeah, a paper. I look at it online, Pete. Oh, okay. uh, our brother, Mahar Hattar. Hattar Mahar. Oh, geez. What a... Mahar Hattar. Yes, thank you. Mahar Hattar is pictures, a whole front page story about what he's doing for all the EMS service in Lancaster County. He prepares 66 meals on, a, I guess, a daily basis. The article is fantastic. And, of course, he's a brother of Lodge 476 in Lancaster, and you got to read it. You can't read it, Lancaster Online. It's, it's, he's done a phenomenal job and great publicity for the uh, Venice Pizza. Yes, let's give him a shout out. There's a restaurant in Centerville, Pennsylvania on Centerville Road or in Columbia Avenue uh, called Venice Pizza. If you need to go get a, a pizza or a sandwich, please go somewhere like him or somewhere else that's uh, locally owned um, and really help out. Keep your money in the local community. It's time for the Lodge Business Brief with Brother Jim Stevens. Well, again, Masonic Light Podcast listeners, this is Jim Stevens with another Lodge Business Brief. Leadership can be natural, and it can be learned. In both cases, the potential must be identified and nurtured. In previous briefs, we have discussed how to nurture the spark of leadership. In this brief, we will talk about identifying it. The most important part of identifying future leaders is to actively look you will not see what you are not looking for. As obvious as that sounds, it is often missed. The day-to-day tasks and issues that face our lodges often consume all of our attention. An intentional change in focus is needed. Current leaders need to be first thinking of finding and nurturing their replacements. The next step in developing talent is to talk to them. If you think you see a spark or an interest, you have an obligation to talk to that person. Let them know what you see. Ask them about their interests and goals. If their interests and goals are in line with the needs of the organization, then a path forward becomes obvious. Unfortunately, sometimes they are not aligned. When this happens, the current leadership needs to decide if the non-alignment is temporary or unfounded. Many people have never led or afraid to do so. They say they want to out of fear, not lack of interest. Sometimes it just takes encouragement with a safety net to let them start. Give them something they can handle and nearly guaranteed success they will blossom from there. If the objection is temporary, for example, if they have a current conflict or a family issue, then make sure you pass their name on to your replacement and keep them in the loop. A few years, they may be ready to lead, and you don't want their name lost to the records of time. Once they start in leadership roles, the largest leadership needs to provide mentorship, coaching, and help. Make sure they're given chances to both succeed and fail, but fail with a safety net. Additional ideas on how to grow and mentor new leaders can be found in my book, Lodge Business, The Theoretical Application of Entrepreneurial Business Practices to Blue Lodge, available on Amazon. This is Jim Stevens with your Lodge Business Brief. Unlocking Symbols with Symbologist Michelle Snyder. The swastika unlocked. 
Aristotle said, if you would understand anything, observe its beginning and its development. This is a very important part of building our golden key. Time and migration attach new associations to symbols, and the swastika is no exception. The word swastika comes from the Sanskrit word meaning well and to be. It can be literally translated as little thing associated with well-being, corresponding roughly to lucky charm. Before World War II, Coca-Cola used images of swastikas on their advertising, associating Coca-Cola with good luck. Like many ancient symbols, the swastika is found all over the world. The equal-armed cross from around 50,000 BC is the predecessor of the swastika, symbolizing the four directions. Feet were added to denote movement of the oceanic gyres and atmospheric vortexes, then later the movement of the sun. The Gamadian is a swastika with a feet reversed. The feet denote the coming year or the past year, depending on the direction they point. Both swastika and Gamadian can be connected to sun symbols about 5000 BC. The sun god Apollo is imaged with a swastika, true to its symbolic information about the movement of the sun. In Eastern religions, the clockwise swastika represents love and mercy, and the counterclockwise Gamadian represents universal harmony and the balance of opposites. There are swastikas imaged on the robe of a Scottish high priestess around 1000 BC. Swastikas were religious symbols of the ancient Mayan culture, and they are a Navajo symbol imaged on gravestones, depicting strength and harmony for the afterlife of the deceased. Swastikas appeared on the spines of books by writer Rudyard Kipling, and the Boy Scout movement used this symbol. Swastikas are found in Icelandic, Dutch, Finnish, Norwegian, Italian, and Swedish lore. The symbol is used in architecture as well. There were swastikas in the ruins of the ancient city of Troy, and the Laguna Bridge in Yuma, Arizona, built in 1905, is decorated with a row of swastikas. Unlocking this symbol gives us a chance to add a vital component to our golden key. It is an example of how our associations with visual images are limited to our knowledge of their past. Although it began in prehistory as a symbol for movement, the meaning of the swastika underwent a tragic development in the 20th century when it became associated with global violence. Although no symbol has undergone the severity of change that the swastika has, most ancient images have layers of significance which, when peeled away, reveal their buried secrets and fundamental meaning. For more on this symbol and many others, read Symbology Revision. Next time, we will unlock the secret of the Lady of the Lake. If you'd like to take a deeper look, be sure to check out Michelle's book, Symbology Revision. A link for purchase can be found on the Freya Foundation website. That's freafoundation.net. While you're there, take a look at some of Michelle's other works and find out more about the Freya Foundation and its mission to research and publish the Ensman Archives. In Masonic News Today, Freemasons around the world have taken to technology to keep the light of Freemasonry shining brightly in this time of terrible tragedy. While public meetings are curtailed, Masons have begun to utilize decades-old computer applications by which they can communicate to large numbers of brethren around the world. 
One such meeting recently began. Uh, how? Is this on? Can, can you hear me? I, I can see you, but I can't hear you. Hello? How, how does this thing work? I, I can't get anybody else on my screen. Ah, oh, jeez. Do I need a password or something? Final remarks were made by the Grand Master, who was heard to say... Okay, uh, how do I turn this off? Am I off? Can they still hear me? And that's the Masonic News. Go wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Walter. Very good. Timely news there. Well, I said you guys were stepping all over my uh, <laughs> my news article today. But we were uh, just teeing it up. There it is. Yeah, teeing it up. That's what it was. That's what it was. So how are we gonna? So Jack, how are we gonna continue to shine this light? Uh, I, I think it's up to all of us individually, but we we also can't forget we're part of something you know something huge. I mean, um, like I said, I, I think um, we we got a letter from one of our members, um, you know, saying my favorite phrase in Freemasonry: "Somebody oughta," right? Somebody oughta, and and he's not wrong, but. He's also completely capable himself to to start doing something like that. And and he brought to mind this idea of just, you know, breaking it down, break down the list. You know, how do you how do you memorize the ritual? Well, one line at a time. How about ten members at a time? How about you just you you you, you break it down, you get the secretary to break down a an Excel spreadsheet into a list of ten names and phone numbers and just call them, send them out, send those 10 names to 50 guys and let 500 people get contacted. Um, little, little stuff like that. Reach out, shine the light. I mean, I'm, I'm personally, I'm reading all kinds of stuff. I, I just uh, got a copy of uh, Art De Hoyas, uh, Esoterica. So I'm reading that and, and chewing on my Neoplatonic piece. And, uh, and, uh, and I just picked up my guitar, which I haven't picked up in five years. Um, just to start noodling around again, because, you know, music, right? Arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy. So, you know, let's not forget who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. That's all. Anybody else doing anything to reach out to the brethren? Not to necessarily uh, reach out to the brethren. But brethren. I, think, I think what we're going through, Jack, is really going to, is the beginning of a dramatic sea change. Uh, in the way I think we as Freemasons do things amongst ourselves in our lodges, also about what's happening in education today from elementary to uh, secondary to universities. Uh, things are going to change. Uh, and and we're, we're at the very beginning. I think this bug, this virus has forced us into looking at uh, making some major changes in the way we do things in this country. Yeah, I know this week, um, yeah, there were some technical glitches, but I thought it was really awesome of the uh, Oscar Allen and Scottish Rite, that's Dr. Oscar Allen, 33rd degree, um, epidemiologist, and a friend of his who just happens to be the Surgeon General of the United States, and David Glatley, Sovereign Commander, they had a, a Zoom chat the other night with the Surgeon General, and it was... You know, I actually heard some things that I haven't heard because there was no political spin. There was no, oh, this guy's doing great or that guy's doing horrible. And 
you know, I just thought it was really awesome that they took the leadership to put that out. Now, they ended up having to release it like a half an hour later recorded because of some glitches. But hey, we're all new at this technology stuff. So, but kudos to them. I just think it's this whole thing is going to force all of us to evolve and do things different. One of the things is, you know, um, we tend to be a very social organization uh, in many of our lodges, and this has taken a lot of that away. Um, and so uh, looking for ways to share in that, um, you know, the, the nightly um, calls that we've been doing, the toasts, uh, is one way that uh, – uh, and we've had some older brethren that I would never have guessed jumped on that call so far. Uh, it was funny. One of them came on and said, just how much is this Zoom costing me? And we got <laughs> absolutely free. But, uh, you know, we're, so we're getting to have some fun with some folks. And uh, uh, I love, but I love Jack's idea about uh, more thoroughly uh, reaching out to folks uh, and checking with them. I also agree with what Larry said. I think this is going to fundamentally change the way we do business. Uh, longer term. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how this happens, uh, how this uh, works. I'm, I have not participated yet in one of the uh, virtual Masonic meetings. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to maybe doing that if I can figure out how to do the math and get on Australian time uh, when they meet or Canadian time uh, when they meet, uh, uh, if they're in a time zone other than my own. But uh, just looking for ways that uh, the fraternity might continue to change here. Well, I, I think one of the things, like the, I, I joined your toast the other night. It was really nice. But, you know, now that it's starting to get going, maybe you or whoever is, like, hosting the meeting could have, like, before or after the toast, just go, hey, has um, everything going okay with you? Everybody go around and just – let us know if you have anything we can help you out with or if you know anybody, you know, just try and get that discussion started because that's what we're supposed to be here for. We just kind of say it, but we should really start meeting it. That's a, that's a great idea. Hey, Josh, is there anything going on in Lamberton? Uh, not really. I mean, we, uh, we're continuing to send out our notices and stuff like that, which, Larry, you should be getting that soon if you actually read it. And um, we're going to be trying to set up a, a Zoom meeting for for our guys to get together, just like everybody else is doing. Um, and I think we're going to try to reach out specifically to the people that, you know, get the paper, the paper notice still sent out to them, because uh, those guys probably don't have email or look at email or any of that kind of stuff too often. So does uh, anybody have anything coming up Masonically they want to talk about? Um, we got the toast. Anything else going on? No, I, I did want to say one thing. Uh, I uh, was chatting with Nathan Lane, our brother up in Manitoba, the Castle Island Virtual Lodge last night. And uh, they had the Virtual Lodge, I believe it was on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, which I didn't attend. But... Thanks, Larry. They had almost 240 people on the Zoom program for that night. Now, that's amazing. Wow, that's pretty cool. How many do you think weren't wearing pants? I would say probably three-quarters of them were wearing shorts or not pants, yes. I'm curious, Larry. Can you share with us how do they uh, how do they tile that? Do you have to, like, hold your dues card up in front of them and – 
Tim, I hate to tell you, I really don't know. Tim, I've, uh, I've done Tim, it. I've, I've attended that lodge a couple of times, and um, you actually have to make your um, your intentions known ahead of time to the lodge uh, officers, uh, and they check your bona fides, and they will send you an invite. Very good. Jack, you kind of went off air there. Oh, I probably broke something. Are you back on air? Jack, if you can hear us, you're muted somehow. Unmute me now. How about that? There you go. Yeah, it has to do with, with when you jump in and out, Pete. I'm not sure why. Um, but anyway, regardless. Um, so, you know, some things are tiled, some things are not tiled. You know, nobody's doing any handshakes or grips or signs or, or whatever. But, um, yeah, so it's all, it's all fun until somebody puts their eye out. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I, I originally signed up for it, I had to uh, send in a uh, copy of my dues card. And I believe the secretary actually contacted my logs to make sure I was legitimate. Yeah. And then they sent me a code. Um, so could somebody else have hacked that? I guess. But we didn't talk about anything secret on the call. So They could also go on the interwebs and look up anything they want to about Freemasonry, and it's all right there. So, right. yeah. All right, Tim, Josh, anything else? I'm, I want to go home. I am home. What am I saying? <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of this. The drive home is really short now. Yeah. I actually think I'm going to go sit in my garage and uh, have a cigar and a bourbon. Nice. Don't you live alone, Tim? I do. Okay. Who's going to yell at you for smoking in the house? Nobody, but I, I enjoy it when I'm doing it. I just don't want to be reminded of it for the next week. Oh, okay. I have to do a progressive strip when I come home after I've been to a cigar shop. I, by the time I get upstairs, it's all, it's all in the hamper ready to go right into the wash. That's not an image I want to have. <laughs> all right, guys. So, uh, fans, please uh, send us in some things to MasonicLatePodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any ideas, reach out to us on the, the Book of Faces. Um, we're going to continue to try and do some cool things if we can, but uh, we've run out of creativity, so help us out. Be creative for us. Uh, Larry, do you want to take us out of here? Cue up the chickens because it's time to get. You're right. We're not going anywhere. Time to go watch. Uh, special thanks. <laughs> uh, special thanks to Over the Lodge 665 for keeping the studio nice and warm and cozy because we're not in there. Thanks to Josh Lamberton, our producer and director, who continues to make the show worthwhile. Thanks to Jack Harley, our news director. <clears throat> Losing my voice. Uh, Tim Dedman. Well, you talk so much. And our Masonic Life podcast computers, Michelle Snyder, Jim Stevens, and Doug Maddenford. I want to close up by telling and you a little. Seth. Huh? And so, Seth. Uh, anyway, this story sent by Brother Wilf Rawlinson from the Harrington Lodge number 1021 in the province of West Lancashire, England. Now, he sent a story in, he said, a mason who had just been stalled as master of his lodge 
and was duly attending all the functions he could, was having a hard time with his wife, who said, all those, the wife said, all those masters in office have to do is click their fingers and you would be there, wouldn't you? The wife said, I wish I was master. After due thought, he said, so do I, dear. We swap them a new one every year. This is why. Wow. Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah, with Larry, there's also a lot of repeats. Yeah. I'm out of here. Thanks, everybody. This is Pete. Uh, Josh, good luck making this a listenable show. This is Tim. Goodbye, everybody. This is Jack. Bye, everybody. This is Josh. Bye-bye.